Welcome to Career Tools. This week, informational interviewing. The questions this cast answers are, what is an informational interview? How should I prepare for an informational interview? And what questions should I ask in an informational interview? The meaning of informational interview is a meeting that you set up with someone in an industry or company or role that you want to work for or in. They're a method of getting more information about working in that area when you're thinking about changing or moving in, in, within a company or within an industry and so on. You ask someone who is in the position of knowing something about the experience of being in that place you want to move to. You ask that someone for a coffee or lunch and you ask them a bunch of questions about what the experience is like so that you can have some more information and make the decision more thoughtfully. Um, they're a really good way of using your network to further your career. Often those people aren't the people that you actually know, but they're people that know the people that you know. And so this is one of those places where your network becomes incredibly useful. We have three points to our podcast. Treat it like an interview, ask specific questions, and send a thank you and keep in touch. So, Kate, why do we treat it like an interview? Because it's not. Well, the aim of an informational interview is for you to find out more about working in the industry, the company, or the role when you're thinking about moving in that direction. So you might want to set up informational interviews if you're just finishing college and you have choices about what industry to pick, or you would set up one of these kind of interviews with people in those industries that you're looking at. You'd ask about the pros and cons of each And you might also want to set up informational interviews if you're thinking about changing careers. Any kind of career shift where you might know someone in an industry that you're looking to move into or maybe a company you're you're looking to move into, that's the kind of time that you might set up these informational interviews. And we treat it like an interview because we are hoping to leverage this meeting into an interview. If you are meeting with someone in that industry or company that you want to work for, you know there's at least a chance that that person may be able to make a recommendation for you. And so informational interviews aren't the right place to ask for a job. That would make it really awkward. But there's at least a chance that the person you're working with or talking to will volunteer to help you in that way. And so we're leveraging our network. And it's almost kind of like a pre-interview situation. So the person that we're meeting is a, is a gatekeeper to the opportunity that we're looking at. And the way gatekeepers decide whether to open the gate and let you in or not in the workplace is by interviewing. So while this informational interview may be set up informally, maybe you're having coffee or a drink, you do need to treat it as if you are being interviewed because until you have an offer, you're in the interview process. Right. And even though the aim of this conversation is to give you more information, like you said, there's always a chance that this person might be able to give you information or give you help to getting the job that you want. And therefore, you need to be taking the conversation seriously. You need to be on your best behavior, as it were, because you want to impress this person enough that they will either pass your name on or they'll recommend you for a job or they'll just give you more information 
about someone else you can contact and that person might give you a job. If you turn up and you're not taking it seriously and, you know, you're looking a bit ratty and maybe you're five minutes late and you don't have any questions prepared, that tells the person you're working with a lot about you and they will assume that that person that you've just presented yourself as is the person who you are and that probably won't put you in their good books for recommending you for other things. Nobody wants to recommend someone who doesn't look like they're going to give a good impression, right, to their friends. Can you imagine, uh, you say you came to me and, and you were the one who was who was late and, you know, dressed casually and I had the opportunity to recommend you to someone else. Like, I wouldn't recommend you because I'd be like, yeah, Kate's just going to embarrass me in front of this person that I'm going to recommend her to and I'm not having that, right? Mm-hmm. Not that you would, but... (laughs) I wouldn't. But, you know, if you were considering this as part of the interviewing process, we do want to dress well. We want to present ourselves well. We're giving this person data about ourselves. And so maybe a full suit is overkill. Maybe you want to wear, you know, something that's a long sleeve shirt or a dress shirt and dress shoes and dark pants because you might be meeting this person for coffee or, you know, out at a casual location. So a full suit, that might be too much, but we do want to dress at the top of the range of acceptable business attire. So if you're going somewhere where it's business casual, then you want to dress at the top of that range. It doesn't really matter where you normally see this person. Maybe you see this person somewhere where the dress code is more casual or somewhere where you guys are in, you know, regular, like everyday clothes, but this is a part of your career. It's a part of the interviewing process. You want to show that you're taking it seriously so that they will feel that they can take it seriously and take you seriously. I mean, this is about presentation. You, We say this a lot at the conferences. You know, you wouldn't wear the same clothes to a wedding that you would wear to garden. And you wouldn't wear the same clothes to garden that you would wear to an interview. So we would really like you to dress nicely. You know, again, you don't have to be in a full suit. I mean, even if you know someone, I was just thinking if you knew, knew someone for something like Habitat for Humanity and when you normally see this person like you're on a roof banging in shingles and you're wearing shorts and a T-shirt because it's baking hot, when you go to meet this person for the informational interview, it's unlikely that they're wearing the same shorts and shirt that they would have done if they were on the on the work site with you. Even if you're in Starbucks, like they're still not going to be wearing work attire in terms of working on a roof attire yeah so 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 since they're going to be dressed up there's no reason for you not to be and I often think that when we say the top of the range for the place that you are in it's much higher than you think it is I mean you can go into pubs in London and there's people in bespoke suits in there because they just came out of you know, some investment bank and now they're going to the pub because that's what you do in Britain after work. You know, even if you were in Pizza Hut, you could wear a suit in Pizza Hut. It's not like they throw you out. <laughs> People wouldn't look around and stare at you, would they, for wearing a suit? They'd go, oh, look, this man in a suit or a lady in a suit and kind of ignore it. I think we worry about our appearance and what we're wearing more then other people even think about it. Absolutely. So everyone is so busy worrying about what they're wearing, they don't have time to notice what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. And yet the person you're interviewing with or the person you're meeting, they will notice. And it's all often a kind of split second thing. It's like, oh, he's dressed up. 
and now we carry on, but it gives the impression that you're taking what you're doing seriously. Mm -hmm. And we do want to take this seriously. It's definitely a part of our career. It's part of how we are leveraging our network. And it's also, it shows respect to be dressed up. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of like standard business behaviors that show respect for the other person. And so simple things like wearing a suit or just being a little more dressed up, being on time, have a notebook and pen. I'm constantly shocked by people who show up to things without the ability to take notes. You want to have a notebook and a pen. You have to be on time. If you're going to bring a notebook and a pen, please do take notes. Don't bring that stuff and then not use it. Turn off your phone or put it on. Do not disturb so that you're not tempted to mess with it. Oh gosh, put your Apple watch on do not disturb. I mean, be respectful of the time. Look at, you know, if you guys only have 45 minutes to meet, okay, well, consider that. Set an alarm or do something to make sure that you don't run over. We're trying to be respectful. There's a big difference between it being five minutes until that person has to go and you saying, I don't want to keep you any longer. You know, I have more questions, but I don't want to keep you. I don't want to make you late. And that person saying, it's fine. We can sit here for another 15 minutes. There's a big difference between that and you assuming you have 60 minutes when they've told you 45 Absolutely. We just want to be respectful. Yes. The only difference between this meeting and an interview is that you will pay for whatever food and drink is purchased. If you were an interviewee, you would expect the company or the man- the manager as a, representa- a representation of the company to pay. But in this case, you're going to pay-, pay for whatever is purchased as a thank you for the person spending time and their expertise with you. It's a politeness that you pay. So when you're thinking of where to meet up, think about how much money you have and how much you'll be able to pay for. Make sure it's somewhere that you can afford comfortably. Mm -hmm. And when we get there, we're going to be dressed nicely. We're going to be on time. We're going to have all of our stuff. And we're not just going to be prepared in our dress and, um, you know, notebook and pen and all that stuff, but we're also going to have some questions prepared And we're going to ask specific questions of this person. We want to make sure that we're asking targeted questions so that we can get value from this informational interview. We need to have done our research and thought about our questions beforehand for two reasons. First, you're going to get more out of the interview if you're prepared and you know what you're going to ask. And second, this part of the informational interview is just like the questions you would ask in a normal interview. Remember, this person is a gatekeeper to the role, the industry, the company that you're looking at. They are evaluating you. They're judging you. They're paying attention to the questions you're asking. And if they don't think that the questions are worthwhile or well thought out, they're probably not going to help you move forward with this process. If you're not clearly invested, and and one of the ways to show that is to have well thought out, crafted questions for them. If you're not going to show that you're invested in this, then they're probably going to think, oh, well, sure, they asked for this meeting, but they're not really very interested. They're just saying that they might be interested, but but they're not really invested in moving forward with this. And so we want to bring a list of questions that will show both our interest and will help us to learn more. I mean, we are still trying to learn, right? We're, mm-hmm. yeah. we're trying to help ourselves as well. We just want to make sure that we're doing it in a way that's respectful of the other person and, and helps them to know that we are invested in this process. It's amazing how many people you talk to about their 
career, their future career, and they're lackluster about it, and they don't have any enthusiasm. We all know that you have to start at the bottom. Uh, you have to have the grunt jobs, and they're not very exciting. But if it's an area that you want to go into, then there still should be some enthusiasm for the career or the industry or whatever, and that can come through in these interviews. When you're putting the questions together, you want to think about what you want to know and what this person might know specifically. So, for example, you might be interviewing with someone who works in a company that you want to work for, and you're also interested in stepping up to management. So you might ask them how a manager is appointed. Since they work for the company, they probably know in general how managers are appointed. And most managers in a company would be able to answer that question. But if you're talking to a manager in a specific division, you might ask them how that division differs from the rest of the company. That's specific knowledge that that person might have. It might be that you want to work for a big company and in big companies, really huge companies, each division has its own culture. And so it's important to know what's the culture of that division as opposed to the company overall. So you want to really think about what is it that this person can help me with? What things will this person probably know that are things that are useful to me in making a decision about what I want to do next? That's the other thing. You don't want to ask questions that are not helping you make a decision. One, it's a waste of time for you. It's a waste of time for them. And if it's wasting time, they're going to notice that and judge you accordingly. So you want to only ask questions that make a difference to whether or not you change career to that company or industry or whatever. For example, you probably wouldn't ask them, you know, how good is the canteen? Because like where you're going to get your lunch (laughs) is immaterial to the broad scope of your career, which is what you are informational interviewing for. You're making big decisions and big decisions don't usually hinge on where am I going to have my lunch? So you want to make sure that the questions you're asking are ones that help you make the decision. Absolutely. We're not super concerned with how good the coffee is in the break room, (laughs) right? We want to be respectful. I mean, if you are talking to this person and they have a specific role, asking them a question about something that everyone who works there would know is probably not really respectful of their position or their role. And it just doesn't shed a great light on you. The other thing that's really important when you're considering your questions and asking them is that you ask open questions. So a conversation where you only ask digital questions really won't give you the same value. You know, open questions provide much more value. Digital questions, by the way, have only one answer. It's yes or no, but sometimes it's a number or another word. For example, a digital question might be, do you like working at this company? The answer to that question is yes or no. So that's not a really great question because they're just going to say yes or no. And then there's nowhere to go. And you haven't got anything that you're going to make a decision with, right? Yeah, absolutely. You've just asked their opinion too. And it's, you don't know how that fits for you. So what we want to do is ask that question in an open way that might lead us to gather more information. Perhaps we would say, what keeps you at this company? They're probably going to say some things to you that are more informational than just, yes, I like it, or no, I don't. You get a fuller answer. It's it's more rich. There's more data there because they have an opportunity to give you that data based on the way you ask the question. So we want to ask open questions where 
there's the opportunity to use more than one word to answer them. And we don't want to ask any questions that we could research the answers to. Let's not waste this person's time and this opportunity on questions that we could answer by Googling them. It's so annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we want to just take into consideration, right? We don't want to say, do you know who are the industry leaders in this industry? Okay, we could just Google that. You know, we could say, okay, Google, who who's the number one company in this industry? And it's a waste of your time to ask those questions. It's a waste of this person's time. And that might lead them to feel irritated, right? It might be so annoying for them. So we want to ask them things that we know that they might be able to answer and that is not you know, public knowledge that we could get off the internet. If you know that this person has worked for two of the industry leaders, you might ask them, what are the differences between those companies? How did they feel about those two companies? And again, in an open way, but we're asking them something that only they would know, right? Because they've worked for both places and something that only they can be able to answer for you. And it's a factor. So that might help you to understand, okay, this industry leader is a little different in this way. Maybe it's culture differences. Maybe their lunchroom is really great. (laughs) But if you ask a question where you could Google that answer, then it looks like you haven't done any research at all. And a lack of research to me, if I was this you know, the person you're asking these questions of, I would just feel like you're not invested. Uh, it's right. I'm not going to do all the work for you. If right. you're coming to me for an inter- informational interview, you have to have done the work and I'm just going to sit here and answer questions and I'm going to judge you. Or I'm going to evaluate you based on those questions. If you ask me questions you could have Googled or that were really basic, I feel like I'm doing all of the work. And you want to be, as the person who wants information from someone, you want to do at least three quarters of the work so that you make it easy on them to help you. That's one of the ways that you get people to help you a lot. If if you're one of those people and people don't help you, one of the ways to get people to help you more is to do more of the work. For example, if you need someone to do some paperwork for you or sign something off, like Make sure you have all the paperwork together and in order and then give it to them to sign it. They're much more likely to sign it than if you have stuff all over the place or you can't provide something. It's one of those secrets of getting people to help you. And in this case, it means making sure that the questions that you ask are the ones that only this person can answer. So we have some sample questions I will try and read them slowly enough that you can write them down. But if you have a personal license, they're in the show notes and you can just copy them from the show notes. That would be easiest. If you want a personal license, go to the website and choose products. And then you won't have to scribble scribble it down while I read them, but I will read them. How did you get started in your role, company or industry? What experience does one need to get started in this role, company, or industry? What advice would you give someone starting out in your role, company, or industry? What decisions or experience led you to the job you have now? What is a typical career path in this role, company, or industry? What qualifications, skills, experience does one need to be successful in this role, company, or industry? What do you particularly like about your role, company, or industry? What are the downsides of your role, company, or industry? What changes do you predict in your role, company, or industry? 
What actions will you take given those changes? Is there anything I should read or investigate given my interest in this role, company or industry? Is there anyone else you recommend I talk to given my interest in this role, company or industry? What is the corporate culture like here? How is this company different to its competitors? And obviously, if you're asking, if you're meeting someone about a role, then you just ask the role ones. You don't need to ask company and industry. Those three are there because it's usually one of those three that you're informational interviewing about. That said, if you're asking someone about a role, knowing what changes they expect in the industry will also be helpful to you. So now we come to the most important part. Yes, this will really set you apart. We recommend that you send a thank you note and keep in touch with this person. When someone gives you their time, when they spend time with you in order to further your career, it's really only right that you say thank you. And most of us would get that part right. We're usually pretty good about saying thank you. However, we do want to encourage you to just take it one step further and send a handwritten thank you note. We have guidance on our site about how to write thank you notes. And it's really simple. It's very good guidance. You could write the perfect thank you note today and it would take you less than 10 minutes. We recommend this after formal interviews as well. We are recommending it here. We think that the handwritten thank you note will help you to stand out. It's so lovely to get a handwritten thank you note that if someone gets a note from you handwritten, they're going to feel that you've really gone above and beyond. And it's something that's only going to take you 10 minutes. It's something that's so simple. Handwritten thank you notes, like they show a depth of care and professionalism that's not very often um, seen anymore. I, you know, I don't, I don't get a lot of handwritten thank you notes. And when I do, they always stand out to me. They really make that person memorable. And you feel really great about that experience because it's an extra step. It's an extra layer of recognition. Um, so we do recommend that you write them a handwritten thank you note and you can absolutely go to our website and find that guidance there. So we recommend that, but we also recommend that you keep this person updated. So you keep in touch and you give them some updates about what's happening. People often do this. They ask for help and then, you know, you, you don't hear back. How did it go? Okay. So you asked me for help and we talked, but now what happened? People who help out, they really want to know. I mean, they feel invested when you ask them for their help. And so they want to know how it went. And even if what you learn from them doesn't lead directly to the choice that you make, they have supplied you with background information. They've spent time with you. They have become sort of invested. So when you brought someone into your world and they've been helping you, they do want to know what happens if it's good or bad. So we want to keep them posted. You don't want to be that person about whom you said, oh, I spent a couple of hours with him, but I never heard anything else until he wanted something again. That would be so annoying. It would. And, you know, this is another part. If we think about this in terms of our network, this is a part of leveraging our network. And we don't want to be the person who uses the leverage in our network, but then doesn't continue the relationship. That's part of having a network is investing in those relationships. And part of investing is making sure that the other person gets what they need as well. And it's so simple to just send that person a note and say, hey, this is what happened. You know, even if you don't think you'll ever need that person again, I just want to let you know I got a job in X company. What you said about why was really helpful to me. Or I'm still looking and I've had some interviews with these people and I don't feel that I've got an offer that is perfect yet and so I'm still waiting. 
Yeah. It's, it's two lines, three lines in an email that take you no time at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, one of the easiest things for me to do is a lot of calendar apps nowadays, they have a reminder that you can set, not previous to the event, but post the event. Mm-hmm. And so when you put the meeting in your calendar, you just set up a reminder for a week afterwards or a couple of days afterwards for the thank you note. And then another reminder, a couple of days afterwards or a week or month after to send them an update on how things are going and just check in with them. Even if you think, okay, I'm never going to need this person again. It's okay to ghost them. Even if you do think that it's not professional and it's not courteous to that person, by keeping in touch, you'll find out when you can return the favor, you can extend your network and your relationship. We have four or five podcasts about doing favors because it's such an important part of our relationships with each other. It doesn't matter if you have no idea what this person would ever need from you. Let's say that someone you knew knows someone who's a CEO of a company and you got to informational interview with that person. You got to sit down with them over lunch and ask them a bunch of questions about what it's like in their industry, how they run their company, what it's like to be CEO, what they look for in people who are just starting their careers, really good information. And you might not be able to imagine how you're ever going to help a CEO if you're just starting out in your career or you're just making a career change into that career. But it doesn't have to be work-related. It may be that that CEO has a child and they want to be on the baseball team or that CEO has a favorite charity and you can volunteer for the charity. There's all sorts of ways we can help each other when we keep in touch and we have a contact. And just because you can't imagine what that might be, doesn't mean it's not going to happen absolutely so informational interviews are incredibly useful they're incredibly helpful about getting information that you need to make decisions about your career if you treat them like interviews you're much more likely to get more out of them thanks kate thanks wendy bye everyone i hope that was helpful we'll see you again next week 